Welcome to the MLS Leadership Show. I'm Myrna Selsler, and I'm the host of the show and founder of the Million Dollar Broker Program, building momentum and leverage in a real estate brokerage. Over the past decades, I've been a broker owner of two successful real estate offices in two very different marketplaces. We work with real estate brokers to overcome the barriers that prevent them from achieving a million dollar net to them business. We help brokers reduce turnover, improve productivity, and have predictable sales growth. We're always on the lookout for talented brokers willing to share their secret sauce in running a successful brokerage. Stick around to the end of the show and you'll find out how you can be our next guest and share your unique message about how you lead your brokerage. Hi there. Welcome to my podcast, the MLS Leadership Show. And today we're going to be interviewing Carla Dolan, who is the owner, partner, managing broker of Coldwell Banker Four Seasons Realty in Vernon, British Columbia. So Carla, since real estate is rarely a first career, how did you get into real estate? Tell, <laughs> tell us about that. Uh, I was a managing broker. No, I was not a managing broker. I was a mill sales manager for Tolco Industries. I looked after a mill that burnt to the ground in one of the wildfire forest, forest fires that we had. And I could either start selling a whole different product line for them, or I could switch into real estate. And I switched into real estate. Oh, so how is that? How, how's that been for you? Like, what are the differences between selling lumber? Because that's a fairly male dominated industry. And yeah. real estate is a bit more equal in terms of male female. So tell tell me about that transition. It, it really wasn't so much about the male and female differences in the industry. Because yes, I was the only woman um, sales manager that Tolco had ever hired. Um, and there weren't many others in the industry at the time as well. But the difference being is you're dealing with professional buyers and sellers. So uh, the pace at which we moved was very, very different. In real estate, it's not something that people do every day. It's something that they, it's a big deal when they do it and yeah. you need to walk them through it. It's not, it's different. They're not professional buyers. Oh, so would it be fair to say that you experienced a lot more babysitting in the real estate career than you did in the in the selling of lumber? Uh, both are very much relationship building, hugely okay. relationship building. And one just moves at a slower pace. And there's a lot more information that needs to be relayed in, in real estate than it needs to be relayed in selling lumber. Okay. Yeah. So um, tell me about the transition. Like, how did you go? For, I assume you were in real estate sales for a while. And now here you are, a partner, an, an owner, and a manager. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did that transition come to be? Well, um, <laughs> it never happens the way you think it's going to happen. I owned um, Century 21 in Vernon and, as you know, Kelowna for a while. And uh, when I sold out of that, I was just I was going to be just a realtor, which I don't mean as a derogatory term. It just meant semi-retirement, which plans never go just quite the way you think. And yeah. um, and now here I am opening up Caldwell Banker. We're entering into year three. And um, it's been a fantastic ride. So. Having been ex experienced spinning, owning another brokerage and now owning this brokerage, did you change your philosophy at all or your approach to owning a company? Absolutely. Yeah. This one was, we just wanted boutique brokerage. We yeah. want real estate to be like it was 20, 30 years ago, as far as the realtors are concerned. It's a small group. We don't want any more than eventually 20. We're 10 right now. And we have a very close knit collaborative group. We have fun. We put the fun back into selling real estate because 
if you're working for a really big company, you can get lost. You're just, just the number maybe. Yeah. And we don't want anyone to feel like that. Like everyone is, is a contributor to our business. Everyone collaborates. We support each other. It's a really, and we do fun things together and not all the time. We're all busy working, but we, we do take the time and we enjoy each other's company. So it is a really hand-picked select group of people. So when you are hand-picking them, what are you looking for? What are the defining qualities or characteristics? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, really good, strong reputation, high morals and ethics. Uh, customer service has to be paramount. And um, as a managing broker, I don't want to get the phone call from a client that says, I'm not happy with your realtor. And, and I don't. I don't get those calls. <laughs> that is a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. And I also, I don't want anybody who um, gets either left behind. They're a new realtor. We all support new realtors and bring them up to a, a, um, a high level of production very quickly. And then I also don't want any grandstanders who think that they deserve special treatment above anybody else. We don't, we don't have people like that. Everybody that's there works with each other, supports each other, collaborates, um, if you can't reach me to ask a question, you could phone anybody else in the office, any other realtor, and they will stop and help. And that's just how we do things. That's, that's really cool. So, um, tell me, like, I think one of the times we talked, you told me that you had a, a different approach to teams because teams are becoming bigger and bigger in real estate firms. And you've taken a bit of a contrarian view on that. That's right. We yeah. don't allow teams in our office. And the reason we don't is we don't feel it's fair to the individual because they, they tend to monopolize an office and we don't want anybody monopolizing. We want everybody to work to, together, almost like we are a team, but we're not, we're individual agents so that um, just nobody gets overshadowed. Okay. So, but when you're trying to recruit some of these people and I'm, you know, I've, I've looked at some of this, some of your yep. people are really high producers and may want someone on a team to help them with some of their work. So what do you do with that? Because they're saying, well, I can't, I can't do what I want to do if I can't have a team member. How do you approach that? Exactly. It's perfect because what we have is we'll, we'll always look at having a, um, a newer realtor. Yeah. So rather than have a buyer's agent who you're responsible for, in the good times and in the bad. So when it's slow, you still have this person you're responsible for. Instead, refer business to one of the newer realtors at our office who isn't as busy. Mm-hmm. They'll st- they'll they'll pay you a referral. They'll um, you know however you work that out. And that person, that's how we get the newer realtors up to speed very very quickly and be high producing because the high producer realtors in our in our office now um, support the lower producing realtors or the less busy realtors yeah. so that we all grow together. And so I guess what's really interesting to me about that too, as a new realtor, you're learning from a whole variety of people. Right. So right. you're learning this person's expertise and skills and approach and the next person's. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what's happening with your newer agents based on that approach. Well, and, and be careful. It's not newer agents. Uh, because, uh, I, <laughs> right, because you can only bring one up to speed very quickly at a time. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a variety of scale of how long they've been in the industry, anywhere from norm, 30 years to, you know, somebody like Charlie, who's maybe, say, 15. Yeah. Um, and then right down to our newest realtor who made 100 grand in her first year. And um, she's just just entering her second year. 
because we've all supported her. And so the, the learning curve, like she's like, oh, I hang on to my hat, right? Because you get given so many opportunities and you get so much guidance, so much mentorship that um, it just, it really brings you up to speed very, very quickly. So at this point in time, you know, she's got her wing, she's, she's going. And so we're, we're now slowly looking for the next person who would fill that spot as a brand new realtor. And then we might bring some people in in the um, the mid mid range of how many years they've been in the industry. Well, that's really interesting because as people get to know that that's your approach and the kind of success they can have, people are going to be beating down your door. I'd far rather that. Hmm? <laughs> I'd far rather that. I don't want to be knocking on a whole bunch of doors. The right we will attract the right people, and they will come at the right time. We just we truly believe that. Okay. So I, that would be one of my questions. How much time do you spend in recruiting? And it sounded like you don't. Very little. You know, we get phone calls uh, and we've got probably five or six that are kind of saying, you know, when this happens, I will be ready to switch. And you are the sought after company. And I hear that from my realtors, that the realtors will come and say, you know, so-and-so was asking. And um, we're just giggling saying, you know, we're the, we're the sought after company to go to. So it's a process, right? It doesn't happen overnight and we're not in a hurry. We will get to where we want to go. We're just in the process of building a a new building. And that is causing people to, to contact us in a way that is, um, instead of saying, I want to come work for you. It's like, Oh, I see your new building going up. Oh, Oh yes. You've noticed us. And so you start the, it's an easy way to start the dialogue and, Eventually, uh, if the relationship is correct on both sides, they'll move. Okay, so that's interesting that you're building a new building too, because everybody seems to be hunkering down and wanting to work from their home office. But that doesn't sound like that particularly suits your culture. Well, not at, most people work from home, mm-hmm. but from a public's perspective, where are you going to meet them? Meeting mm-hmm. in a coffee shop is really not that professional. Meeting in your home is not that professional, mm-hmm. and then going to their home is is okay but there's times when you want that first meeting to be in a really nice environment so we bought a house that was built in 1930 it's on one of the the busiest streets in our in our community and we are expanding it in the same with the same brick um, front the same look the wood in, on the inside i'm buying antique furniture to um so fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. To, for our boardroom tables and our meeting rooms, it's all antiques. So it's kind of old fashioned service, old fashioned values. But still this the today's expected technology and customer service. That, people are looking. Sorry, the people are looking at that building and going, wow, what a yeah, like I just think, wow, just yeah. imagine the way you're describing it really. Yeah. Really yeah. sounds impressive. Well, let me take a minute and look at my questions. because I have some other questions. Oh, What's your biggest focus in your leadership role? Continuity and education. So keeping um, our group together as a, um, as that you can feel like you can phone anybody, you can ask anybody a question mm-hmm. and you, and I have everybody sharing information. Our meetings aren't me talking. Our meetings are bringing the expertise of all the different people that we have together and everybody gets a chance to share something and contribute in some way. So keeping that um, that continuity is really important to me and keeping our culture is um, the, the way we've developed it. We don't want to lose that. And everybody who works there says, we don't want to lose that. 
So one of the words that seems like it would describe your, your organization then is collaborative. Oh, very much so. Okay. Okay. What gives you your greatest joy in your role as a managing broker? A note I got at Christmas time from one of my realtors that said, um, and she had no idea that when she said yes to move to our company, what she was really saying yes to. And, and she is so happy. And she just, she went on to say, you know, what a difference it's made in her career and in her life. So it's that to me gives me the most amount of joy. So you're having an impact. Yes. Just their paycheck. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Okay. And I get to do that with my clients too. I still sell. I I don't believe in just being a broker. Yeah. That works if you've got a really big company, but when you don't, I'm still I have my feet on the ground. I still do listing presentations. I still take buyers out. I I still can relate to everything our realtors are going through and it keeps me really current. Yeah, and plus when you've got such support from the other people in your office, you can do the juggle. Because if you didn't have that support, even with 10 people, you probably couldn't do that juggle as well. Well, and my partner, Norm, has been Mm -hmm. in the business 30 years. Uh, He doesn't have the title of managing broker. He could do the job with his eyes closed. Yeah. He has so much experience, so much knowledge, and so much willingness to share it with people. People love phoning Norm. And he's got different areas of expertise. So commercial. If it's something to do with commercial, they'll phone Norm rather than phone me. So we have that strong presence with the two of us. Okay, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, you've talked a little bit about how you want it to evolve. So talk, can you go expand on that a little more? Evolve slowly. Um, a good friend of mine, um, her and she's run big multi-million dollar international companies. And her saying is hire slow and fire fast. Not that we want to fire anybody. We just want to hire slow. Okay. So we're not in a hurry to expand. It's not, you know, how fast can we get to the, what we think is our ideal number of 20 realtors. It's um, how can we, we attract the right people and, and slowly build our business to the point that it is, it's just, it's fun. Yeah. If <laughs> we want it to be fun. That is so cool. Um, what, who was your mentor when you were, beginning in sales, real estate sales or your other sales experience? Who was your mentor? A man by the name of Steve McCowan. And you remember him? Yeah. So that was in lumber sales. And he, he trained us as salespeople in communication. And then he trained me to train other people within um, the lumber industry that the company that I work for Tolco. Mm -hmm. And then I've taken that training and I've also got um, some coaching background and I've taken that to sales. I've taken it to working with the realtors. It's just how I now work. So what was the one thing you really learned from Steve that, that changed your perspective? Oh, let's see. Listen to ask. We'll go with that one. I mean, there's so many, but that one is don't drill down on that one a little bit for me. Well, you're, you're an expert at it. Uh, Don't listen to tell somebody something. We often ask a question, um, what did you do today? More not because we want to hear what that person did, but because we did something really fun and we can hardly wait to tell them what we did. It's like, oh, I want to tell you about what size of fish I got. You can't wait to tell me that you got a big, <laughs> that, that, that classic. Yes, 
Okay. Some, something along those lines. So listen to ask, be curious. So when somebody is talking to you, be curious about what it is they're saying and what can you ask them about that so that they can tell you more. And it's learning to be genuine in that and genuinely be curious and interested and asking questions. So is that something you watch for when you're interviewing people? To some degree, yes, because I think it's incredibly important because how they treat anybody is how they treat everybody. Yeah. So if they're if they're mowing over me with with everything that they need to tell me, they're often doing that with their clients, which doesn't then create the same kind of rapport that I would hope that all of our clients are treated with. Again, feeding back into your culture when they come into yes. the office, they'll be they'll be doing all the talking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard not to. It's well, yeah, because we all have such interesting lives that we want to share with everyone. But yeah, or as the real estate expert, you've got all this information you want to portray, and it's and you do it genuinely to help the person. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what they need help with unless you actually ask. Okay, that's really really interesting. What would be your best leadership tip for someone in the role like you're in right now? Well, that's a good question. Best leadership. Um, be genuine. Okay. Take the time. Take the time and be genuine. People want to, um, real estate moves fast. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the heat of something with the negotiations or a client, you need an answer quickly. So in, in, in my role, um, they want me to answer the phone. They yeah. don't want my phone shut off. Yeah. And so I, um, I really truly genuinely care about what's going on for them. And I do respond. And I do answer my phone. And I think that's very important to people. Okay. Be genuine. Be authentically who you are. And then that sort of models the kind of behavior you want from them as well, doesn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think my last question to you would be, in case I get curious, I'm going to another rabbit hole. But I think my last question to you would be, um, what, what would you like to tell me or say to people that are in the real estate business that we haven't talked about yet? What's something that changed your life or inspired you or a story that you'd like to share with us where you went, yeah, like I'm in the right place at the right time. Mm. Take a moment. No, you got one. Go for it. Well, I guess what I'm going to say is I, for me, it's important to make a difference in people's lives. It's not a numbers game for me. It's not, um, you know, what's the most expensive house I sold or um, how many deals did I do? It's who did I help? Who did I help and how did I help them? How did I impact them? And so it doesn't matter if it's a first time home buyer, a retirement, uh, somebody selling their home and, you know, moving into an old folks home, you know, it's the last home, first home or last home Mm -hmm. is how did I impact their life? Did I, did I make a difference? Not the transaction is, is real estate. Yeah. But how I help the actual person is, is what's important to me. And I guess that plays out into the the mentoring of your agents and working absolutely with how like that's why they're there for the culture. That's and, and Myrna, I think this is a saying that you use as well is how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So it's the same. And, thing. and I'm very watchful of that. It is such an interesting perspective. <laughs> it is. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather walk away from a deal than than not do the right thing. And you'd probably rather walk away from a realtor. Then yeah. make a poor decision in terms of bringing them to your team. Correct. Yeah. 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 And 
and I really try to make the person that I'm with at the moment feel like they are the only person that I'm dealing with right then and there. Not that I've got 17 other things going on and I'm trying to fit them in. Yeah. So it's shut out the rest of the world, be in the moment with that person. And then when you're done, deal with the other 17. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been a ton of fun listening to you. And oh, thank you. I'm really impressed with um, with the clarity of your vision. Like, you know what you will do and you know what you will not do. Right. And, and, and I, when I asked you the question about what, um, what's your best leadership tip, if I was answering for my observation of you, yes, it would be sticking to your vision, having absolute clarity about who you are, what you deliver and not wavering from it. And it seems like that's what you're totally on track for doing. Oh, thank you. Yes. That, 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 that sounds like a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> on the side of the table. Okay. Well, Carla, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so grateful for you taking this time in this busy, it's, so you're always in a busy season, but thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to you being able to share this with some other people and get them to know how brilliant you are. Oh, well, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Myrna. Thank okay. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the MLS Leadership Show. If you're a real estate broker, owner, or manager, and would like to be a guest on the show, please visit mlsleadership.com slash guest. If you got some value out of this interview, subscribe below and share this on your social media. Hashtag MLS show. Download us in your podcast player right now. Please give us a thumbs up rating and review the show. Share the value you received from listening in. Connect with me via social media. Check out our website at mlsleadership.com and see if there's some ideas you can use in your own brokerage. It's Myrna Selsler with the MLS Leadership Show and founder of The Million Dollar Broker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.